This is Breaking the Huddle. Welcome to Week 7 of College Football. It's going to be an amazing week. Red River is finally here. We finally got LSU Florida. We got some matchups that we love, and we've got a lot to get into here on a busy week of college football. As always, this show is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Remember, it is the official drink of Fansville, and it's just overall delicious, and I could use one right now. That being said, we're going to get into my top 10. I'm going to uh, go to the tweets and check out some of the tweets this week, uh, get some fan interaction, and then I will, at the end, give you my performer of the week like I do every single week on Breaking the Huddle. So let's get into it right now. Lots to get into, like I said. Top 10, uh, my top 10 uh, as I see it right now. And by the way, <clears throat> caveat, you're not going to see Penn State, and you should. There's just 10 spots. I Like... Ugh. There's 11 great teams in college football right now, so let's got, dive into it right now. After their win last week, Florida is going to be my 10th team uh, in the country. I really like Florida on defense. I'm still a wait and see for them on offense with Trask as their quarterback. Remember, here's, here's a guy who couldn't even win his high school starting job, partly because Derek King was the, the quarterback of that high school. but. I, again, I, I'm a wait and see offensively for Florida. Do I think Florida is going to go to Baton Rouge and beat LSU? No, I do not. So this might be the last time that we see Florida in the top 10. Do I think they're going to beat Georgia? No, I do not. Do I think that they're a really good team? Yes, Dan Mullen's doing a great job. He's 16-3 and at Florida uh, to this point. So he's doing a, a terrific job with Florida. They're certainly on the rise. Do I think that they're Bama, Georgia, LSU caliber? Not quite which is fine. They're still a really good football team. They're number 10 for right now. I'm still going to go with Notre Dame inside my top 10, partly because of the way they played at Georgia a few weeks ago. Plus, this last week, what did they do against an inferior opponent? Exactly what you should do against an inferior opponent. They shut out Bowling Green. It's their first shutout since 2014. Book was tremendous. He threw, I believe, five touchdowns, only had four incompletions in that game. So they're playing their best football. And the one weakness that I saw early in the season from Notre Dame, which was, I thought, the run defense in the first two weeks, their rushing defense was not where it needed to be. They gave up 200 yards in both of their first two games on the ground. Since then, it's been much better. In fact, in their last two, they've given up less than 130 yards total in their last two games. So they're clearly riding the ship on defense. I thought that was my biggest question. Notre Dame, likely probably going to just have one loss at the end of the year. I think that they beat USC this week. At number eight is Texas. Uh, I know they've got a loss, and I know it was at home, but it was to a damn good football team in LSU, and they had their chances in that game. Texas is a team that physically can go in there and beat you up. Ask LSU. I've been talking with programs around the SEC like LSU and Georgia, some people around those programs, and what they were surprised at when playing Texas. The Sugar Bowl last year for Georgia, this year in Austin for LSU, was the physical nature of the Longhorns. Uh, that's a team that on the offensive line is very good. In the run game, they are very solid, getting healthier at the running back position. Their quarterback is a battering ram in short yardage situations. And now defensively, I feel like their front seven is starting to come along as well. Their linebacker core is athletic, albeit young, but very athletic. And while they're decimated by injuries in the back end at, at uh, safety and corner, they've got three starters out, the one thing that they've done really well is recruit. 
So all the people that they're playing right now are four-star players who are competing for starting jobs in fall camp. So I really like what Texas is doing. They've got Sam Ellinger. I'm going to keep them at eight. That's the one that everyone's most agreed, you know, that's egregious that you got Texas up there. We hate Texas. And it's like, I get it. You hate Texas, blah, blah, blah. Get over it. Wisconsin's at number seven. I love Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin, of the top tier teams, they're going to have the fewest four and five star recruits. You've seen that amazing graphic from our social department with all the top teams in the country and how many four and five star players they have on their roster. Total is nine, I believe, for Wisconsin. Nine. That's not a ton. What have they done? Develop, play to their system, play great on the offensive line, and they've got the best running back in the country in Jonathan Taylor. They've got also one of the best stories on the defensive side in pass rusher Zach Bond. Watch out for Zach Bond. This guy's a first-round NFL talent rushing the passer. He's a game rucker on the edge at outside linebacker. And you know there's one name that I'm always going to say when I talk about Wisconsin, and it's Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator. You betcha, Jim Leonard. Love you. All right, number six is Clemson, probably too high. I think that Wisconsin's done more than Clemson. I should switch them. I think Florida has probably done more than Clemson. I should switch them. Penn State has probably done more than Clemson. I I should switch them. They're averaging six points fewer than they did a year ago, 44 points per game last year, 38 this year with largely the same offense back. They could not gain the amount of yardage against North Carolina that other teams gained against North Carolina. The fewest rushing yards against North Carolina on the season uh, of what the Tar Heels have given up. Only 331 yards against the Tar Heels when the Tar Heels were giving up 420 plus yards per game in their three previous games. You get my drift here. The trend is not great for Clemson. We thought they were this great team coming in, and while they've won every single game, it has not been impressive. They have not impressed me whatsoever. Their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, has not been the same player that he was a year ago. Five interceptions, already more interceptions than he threw all last year. Why is Clemson at number six? Because I've got recency bias, because I saw them beat Alabama by 28 last year in the national championship. So while I get all over people for still ranking them number one, I still have some of that bias in my own rankings by putting them at number six. If you were telling me what place has Clemson actually earned during the course of this season, I would tell you, oh, between eight and 11. Don't at me. Georgia is at number five. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Jake Fromm, I'm so impressed with. Is there a guy that just is more consistent than Jake Fromm. Four top 10 wins. You look at what he does from a completion percentage standpoint, I think he only had four incompletions against Tennessee. Is Tennessee very good? No. Did they score 33 straight points against Tennessee on the road? Yes, they did. Georgia's gonna be right there. Their defense is solid. They're physical. They can run the football. They've got a quarterback that can win big games. The biggest question for Georgia is, with that style of ball, can you beat Alabama? because we still haven't seen it. Look at the teams that have beaten Alabama in recent vintage, whether it's in the SEC or in the national title game. What do they have the ability to do? Spread you out, win in space, be better in space than Alabama. Use some tempo. Ole Miss did that a few years ago. You got to look at Clemson and what they've been able to do over the last couple of years. Can you just be a pro style, manage the clock, manage the game type of team and beat Alabama? We'll find out with Georgia if they meet in the SEC championship game. Oklahoma is going to be at number four. Uh, Folks, Oklahoma is absolutely real on offense. I love what Oklahoma is doing on offense. Think about it from this perspective. Jalen Hurts is leading the country right now in action yards per play. 
you're like, what in the hell's action yards per play means? That means every time the guy touches the ball, whether it's a pass or a run, he leads the nation in yards per play on those plays. It's staggering. 12 yards per action play. 14 yards per pass attempt. That's over two yards better than his next closest competitor. Um, Hertz has been absolutely unbelievable. And yet, here's what's dangerous about Oklahoma. They've got so much room to get better. They're banged up on the offensive line. I don't think they've hit their stride running the football. They haven't really featured C.D. Lamb yet. He's only got 18 catches on the year, and this dude's an absolute monster on the outside. And yet, in those 18 catches, what has C.D. Lamb done? He's averaged well over 20 yards per catch, and he scored seven touchdowns. And I'm so proud of myself. Let me tell you why. Because I said during the broadcast a couple of weeks ago, I said, CD for the TD, and Gus lit up, and he's like, ooh, I'm stealing that. And I was like, yes! So listen this week for the Red River, when CD Lamb scores, Gus is going to say, CD for the TD. I got Alabama, and I moved them down to three. Why? Because I like LSU a little bit more than Alabama. One of the reasons why is that Alabama is starting seven true freshmen. Uh, That's tied for the most in the country right now. Alabama defensively is not doing a great job stopping the run. That's something that Alabama historically has done a really great job of, is stopping the run. Uh, When you look at their last game, they gave up over 223, 220-ish yards on the ground. That's troublesome for me. That's why Tua has had to stay in the game a little bit later this year. That's why Tua has had to continue to throw the football. By the way, they're 53rd in the nation rushing the ball. That's something that needs to get much better. Um, So it's not quite the Alabama that we've seen over the last couple of years. Now, in their defense, they can throw the rock like crazy. Tua's been unbelievable. Five touchdowns in three straight games. The guy's got, what, 23 touchdowns on the year, no picks. Just an efficiency master. They've got three wide receivers that could end up being first-round wide receivers in the NFL draft. Dudes are legit. So they can get the job done, there's no doubt about it. But they're likely going to have to win a shootout when they play my second-ranked team in the country, and that's LSU. LSU has, has totally transformed who they are, what they are, and how they win. Joe Burrow has been absolutely sensational. Joe Burrow right now has put himself right in the thick of the Heisman Trophy race. Those that don't believe that are absolutely crazy. At Texas earlier in the season, he threw for 471 yards and four touchdowns. And when you look at what he's done and what he's transformed LSU into, you can actually see LSU as a national title contender, not just a team that's going to give Alabama a good game and a defensive struggle. No, no. They're the number one team in the country when it comes to scoring offense, in large part because of Joe Burrow. They're throwing the ball 53% of the time. Why is that a big deal? Well, it's 18th most in the country. That's number one. And number two, it's up from 39% in the previous five seasons. Think about that. They didn't trust their quarterbacks at all to throw the ball in this age of college football when you have to throw the ball to win championships. Now they can do that. LSU is a bona fide contender. And if Alabama wants to win the SEC West, they're not only going to have to beat LSU, but they're probably going to have to score 45 points to do it. Think about it from that perspective. This is going to be a total shootout. And then number one, the most impressive team in the country is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Yeah, I think that most people are getting on board with this. I've been saying it for a month, but, you know, cool, guys, for getting on board. By the way, the, the fact that the AP poll 
still has them at third, and they're slowly creeping up. They're tied with Georgia in the AP poll at third. The fact that I believe it's still 12 votes for Clemson as number one, does that sound right? 15 votes for Clemson at number one in the AP poll to this point in the season. A team that I told you earlier in this show deserves to be no higher than eighth, even though I've got a recency bias that puts them at sixth. Your 15 votes should be stripped. I'll keep saying it until you change your vote, because there's been nothing on the field this year that should in any way tell you that Clemson is the number one team in the country. Not one. You cannot provide me with one argument of why Clemson should be the number one team in the country. And it's that vote with not one argument that means that you should have your AP poll vote stripped away from you because that's absolutely ridiculous. My vote would go to Ohio State if I voted in the poll, which I don't. Why? Because I think the poll sucks. Ohio State is unbelievable. They're great on defense with Chase Young, eight and a half sacks. That's second in the country. They also have uh, several other pass rushers that can absolutely wreck games. Their quarterback, Justin Fields, leading the country in total TDs with 26. J.K. Dobbins in the top three in the country rushing the football. They've got great wide receivers that they can distribute anywhere. They've got a great five-star freshman in in Wilson. They've got Austin Mack. They've got K.J. Hill. They've got Chris Olave, who is a star. They've got Benjamin Victor. I mean, the list goes on, okay? Their offensive line is doing a heck of a job. Their secondary uh, features three, four NFL guys. That's the best team in the country. They lead the country in point differential. I know they haven't played great teams, but Michigan State's better than anybody that Alabama has played. Michigan State is better than anybody that Oklahoma has played. Certainly better than anybody Clemson has played. And you're like, what, didn't Clemson play Texas A&M? Yeah, they played Texas A&M. A&M's got three wins against Texas State, Lamar, and Arkansas. That's an Arkansas State or an Arkansas team that lost to San Jose State by seven. So get out of here, Aggie fans. Your team is not great, and it's not a resume builder. Kudos for Kirk Herbstreet calling him out in that car video. I don't know if you saw that, but he's absolutely right. Kyle Field, better in environment than it is in toughness because your team is exactly what it has been since Big 12 days. Average. Look at your records. A&M is an average team. That's why that win for Clemson is not that great. That's why the win for Auburn is not that great. Meanwhile, Ohio State took Michigan State. Michigan State had been giving up about 250 yards per game. What did Ohio State do? They gained 296 yards. In the second quarter alone, that's an explosive team that leads the nation in point differential and I think is fabulous at number one. (sighs) There was a lot to go on there. I had to get through all of that. So there it is. A very disappointing in my mind top ten because I don't have Penn State in there. Um, And let me just end the show. I'm more on this in a little bit, but in the show. For the viewers that won't see the monologue later, there's going to be a monologue later, and I'm going to give you um, a a very pointed discussion about Penn State and why I was wrong in the preseason. But just real quick, Penn State. Penn State is fast. Their quarterback's playing efficient. Their defense is unbelievable, and they're getting after the quarterback, very similar to what Ohio State is doing. They're second in the country in point differential. They're beating their opponents by 198 points so far. In two Big Ten games, they've absolutely dismantled Uh, both Maryland and Purdue. They've outscored them, I believe it's like 97 to 10 or 4, 3, whatever it is. It's by a lot. Uh, They're fast, like I said, on the outside with Hamler. Uh, Clifford has been very good. The one area that I think 
remains to be seen is offensively, can they go against a great defense and still be explosive? We're going to see that coming up. Their next couple of weeks are going to be very telling. They're at Iowa, I believe, this week, and then the week following that, they're going to be at home to Michigan. So you're looking at a couple of weeks now that are going to define Penn State for that stretch run of the season. By the way, next to last game of the season, they go to Columbus. If they're undefeated and Ohio State's undefeated, that's going to be a monster game. That's the week before Thanksgiving, uh, before Michigan and Ohio State. So that's the biggest disappointment for me right now is that I don't have Penn State in here. You could say, well, why don't you put them in for Texas or Notre Dame who have lost a game? I understand that, but I think Texas and Notre Dame are really good. Well, Florida has earned a higher ranking. Ah, have they? I'm, I'm not quite sure. I told you last week that I thought Auburn was still a bit overrated. In particular, not knowing exactly what Oregon and Texas A&M are. Actually, I know exactly what Texas A&M is average, which is I just told you about. So. There's my top 10 as I see it this week. Let's get to some fan interaction because that's the best part of the show. I want you to be interactive. I want you to give me some snark because I love to give some snark back. Invite your friends, be a part of it. Hit me at Twitter, at Joel Klatt. You can be at College Football uh, CFB on Fox. You can hit me on Instagram. That's Joel underscore Klatt on Instagram. And uh, we can have a rowdy time on social media because that's what it's there for. Uh, some cool graphics. Let me just point this out real quick. I do. I got to tell you, I, f I feel like the teams, you know, are, are, are doing a nice job. I, I, like, I like this from LSU, the graphics department at Ohio State doing a good job. Just a, a quick, just a quick piece of advice. Solid out your numbers. Like you just have outlines there. It's difficult to see in particular like 22 first downs, like red on black, tough to see. It's tough on your eyes. 529, I get that 529 yards of total offense. All the other ones, solid out your numbers and your graphics are going to be a, a little bit better. Uh, Texas, you're going with the horns for Sam Ellinger. I just love Sam Ellinger, so I really like what you're doing. Can you crop out the, the camera guys though? Can we get you, can we get this picture right here? Because now I've got these guys like, it's like, I need those camera guys out of there. So work on your framing. Maybe crop in a little bit. Florida, that's not bad. You're showing me the swamp, but at least the swamp is full because I know sometimes the corners of your stadium uh, get a little empty. I like what Bama's doing right here. Yeah, a little bit of a flex here from Penn State. We're outscoring people 235 to 37. I would have done that in blue, though, because the white numbers are tough to see on the clouds. So see the five is a little tough there. I got, like, you know, just little things. Just little things. Bama, you're doing the best job. Solid numbers. You got this white background. I like it. Baby shark. Good job. Good job, teams. Okay, here we go. I want to go with Chris. Chris George says, at Joel Klatt, any chance that OU gets in the top three spots if they beat Texas and run the table with an undefeated season? Well, yeah, Chris. What do you think? They're going to be like 10th? I mean, if they're undefeated, the lowest that they could possibly be is what, three? So let's just play it out, okay? So in this scenario, I'm assuming you're thinking a lot of teams run the table and then where would OU's resume fit within, let's call it four teams run the table. Okay, so in, in the Power Five, the Pac-12 is kind of out and then you've got Clemson could run the table, OU could run the table, uh, Alabama, let's call it, uh, maybe even Georgia, you know, so one of the SEC teams and then Ohio State or even Penn State out of the Big Ten. OU's resume I think would finish no worse than third at that point. I think if Ohio State or Penn State run the table in the Big Ten, they would likely be ahead of Oklahoma. 
if Alabama or Georgia or LSU run the table in the SEC, their resume would likely put them above Oklahoma. If Clemson runs the table, their resume would absolutely not put them above Oklahoma. The ACC is trash. The fact that the Wake Forest uh, Demon Deacons and Virginia Cavaliers are ranked right now is a travesty. I mean, they are really bad. The entire league is absolutely garbage. I went through the Big Ten teams that would finish no worse than second in that conference. You can go the same list with the SEC. You can go the same list with the Big 12. There's four or five Big 12 teams. There's six or seven SEC teams. The ACC is garbage. Worst conference in the country by far. You just have a great team in Clemson. And how great is it this year? I'm not sure because they have not played great. Certainly they didn't play great against North Carolina. So Chris, to answer your question, what's the lowest Oklahoma would finish if they run the table, I believe it's three. So your question is, do they have a chance to be in the top three if they have an undefeated season? Absolutely. And in fact, I would expect it. So there you go, Chris. Good question. I didn't even have to get snarky, except for against the ACC. The ACC is garbage this year. All right, what do we got? <clears throat> this one says, Joel, after covering Iowa today, do you think they have a shot in the West or is Wisconsin going to steamroll? I think Wisconsin is better than Iowa. Wisconsin has a singular better player in Jonathan Taylor. They have a faster defense. And what I saw against Michigan concerned me about their offensive line and their ability to pick up pressure. And that's exactly what Wisconsin will do. So I'm concerned for Iowa in the West. Are they still a decent team? Yeah, they would finish second in the ACC, certainly. Uh, okay, let's keep it going here. Uh, this one, Royal Pain. You are a Royal Pain. At Joel, Joel Klatt. Taylor over Tua is just plain silly. I'm, I'm guessing that Royal Payton is referring to my Heisman rankings. Yes, I did deliver on social this week my top 10 rankings in Heisman. And let me first um, answer your question and then just quickly talk about the Heisman rankings in general. Taylor over Tua is just plain silly. Well, I think that you could also say that. Let's say I agree with you. Couldn't you also say that in reverse? Tua over Taylor is silly from a Wisconsin fan if I were to do that. Here's what I'm about to, here's what I mean. The top four players in the Heisman rankings are interchangeable at this point. They really are. Tua has been sensational, 23 touchdown passes. Well, Jonathan Taylor has been sensational. He leads the country in scrimmage touchdowns. Um, Joe Burrow has been sensational. His offense has totally transformed to the point where they're leading the country in offense. Jalen Hurts leads the country in yards per action play. So where do you want me to put him? Like, I, I just disagree with the notion that it's silly. Okay, if Jalen was fourth and Tua was one, I'd get the same tweet about oh, having Jalen behind Tua is silly. Like, yeah, like, you guys are all kind of right, but then you're not. Because throwing the hyperbole of silly on there, it's like, just say, don't agree. I don't agree with Taylor over Tua. And then we can be like, oh, okay. You know, that was a meaningful comment. To say like, oh, it's silly. It's like, look at how tough I am. Royal pain on my keyboard. I think that's stupid. I think, yeah, I think that was a stupid tweet. It's not silly. Let's keep going. Uh, let's see. This is in the same vein. At Joel Klatt. So explain to us the explanation, seems redundant, why Tua Tungavailoa is fourth. I mean, I know why, but I would love to hear this information if you dare to give us one. This information, but one, so do you want one answer? There's a lot going on uh, in this tweet. There's some redundancies. What do you mean you know why? If you know why, why are you asking for an explanation? I don't quite understand. Uh, 
artist formerly known as Kay. Um, similar to my last answer. What's the explanation? My explanation is, is that you could put this a, one A, B, C, and D. If you want a one next to them, great. Put them one A, B, D, and C. I think the top four have separated themselves out. All right. I think that Tua is sensational. I really do. I think that he has played virtually no one. All right. The combined record of Alabama opponents is 11 and what, 18, 16, something along those lines. And they, st they still have their FCS opponent left on their schedule. Neither here nor there. I'm just telling you like, hey, well, Jalen hasn't played anybody. Yes, you're, you're right. Um, so if anyone should be upset, isn't it Joe Burrow? He's the one that went into Texas and on the road beat a top 10 team uh, throwing for 471 yards and four touchdowns. If anyone's upset, shouldn't it be Jonathan Taylor who took one of the best defenses over the last four years and ran for what? hundred, what, close to 200 yards against Michigan. Those guys have actually proven it on the field against quality competition. So if your argument is just for Tua, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. You've got to rank them somewhere. And then in, in my rankings, he was fourth. They're interchangeable. Interchangeable rankings in the Heisman right now. And it's going to play itself out. Tua's going to have a chance to play against Joe Burrow, who's in the Heisman Trophy conversation. He's going to have a chance to play, likely against Jake Fromm in the SEC Championship game. If he continues to have a great season and doesn't fall off like he did late last year, could he win the trophy? Yeah, absolutely. I think Jalen Hurts is the first one to kind of have a, a moment where it's like you win or you're out type of moment. Jalen Hurts, if he doesn't win the Red River game, I think he can be out of contention. Why? Because Joe Burrow already beat Texas. You can't then lose to Texas and still be on the same footing as Joe Burrow. Uh, so there you go. So I've obviously thought about this. What's, explain us to, to us the explanation. That's, that's just redundant. Anyways, let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Not a chance in hell Texas is better than Notre Dame or Florida. Like not one chance in hell? Like, like one in a million? Like dumb and dumber? Is like, like not a chance in hell? Like at all? I disagree. I just disagree. The hyperbole has got to stop on Twitter, right? I mean like silliness, not a chance in hell. Texas is pretty damn good. I'll just tell you that right now. What happens when they, or if they beat Oklahoma? Huh, I don't know. Clemson ahead of Wisconsin based on what so far this season? Greg, I agree with you. Good tweet. Well done. Well done. All right, my performer of the week last week in college football. Um, this one's going to be kind of, it's going to be two of them, but kind of out of left field. SMU is my performer of the week. Here's why I love the SMU story is because one, Sonny Dykes was kind of run out of town in Berkeley even after he took a program that was, I believe, a winless or a one-win team. He recruits, gets Jared Goff, keeps him to his commitment, and then ends up building a bowl team in Berkeley, which is very difficult to do. That's not a, an easy place to win. Now, it didn't go his way. They kind of force him out. He goes back to a place where he feels like he can fit. And what has F SMU done? They're 6-0 in rank for the first time since before the death penalty. 
that is awesome. The fact that they come back in that game. You got to understand, right? They were ranked before last week's game for the first time since, you know, the Craig James, Eric Dickerson age. And then they come out there and they were down big to Tulsa. And that's an easy time to kind of like pack your bags in. And no, they kept fighting, they kept fighting, and they get into overtime. And then Bouchel drops that dime in the corner of the end zone for the win. That was incredible. I'm, I'm happy for Shane Bouchel. Remember, he had to transfer from Texas because Sam Ellinger took over that job at Texas. He did it the right way. He hung around. He did not quit in the middle of the season. He's gone to SMU, and he's really flourishing for Sonny Dykes and those, uh, those Mustangs. So kudos to SMU. And then my other performer of the week is Ohio State. That second quarter was just insane. All right? The explosiveness of Ohio State should scare everyone. They are a team that has no flaws at this point. All right, now, does that make you nervous about peaking too soon? Maybe, Buckeye fans would have to tell me that. But this team is really good. If you defend the pass well, they can run it. If you defend the run well, they can throw it. If you do both and you're a great sound defense, guess who gets you, Justin Field. He's leading the nation right now in total touchdowns with 26. He's been sensational. J.K. Dobbins, one of the best backs in the country, and the defense is smothering. They can rush the passer with Chase Young and a bevy of different uh, rushers on the outside, and they're great in the secondary. I'm going to continue to talk about this until someone can potentially beat them. We'll see if Wisconsin can do that. That's at Ohio State. We'll see if Penn State can do that. That's at Ohio State or Michigan. Of those three, Michigan will be the last one because Michigan's offense is just not going to do much against Ohio State until we see something different on the field for Jim Harbaugh's team. So there you go. That's Breaking the Huddle for today. I'm Joel Klatt. This show, as always, has been brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It is the official drink of Fansville. Can't wait till next week. Until then, enjoy the weekend of college football, everybody. This big noon Saturday on Fox. It's the Red River Showdown. Number 11, Texas. Take on the six-ranked Sooners. Jalen Hurts and Sam Ellinger look to write the next chapter in one of college football's biggest rivalries. Touchdown, Sooners! It all starts with Big Noon Kickoff, live from the State Fair of Texas. And then it's the Red River Showdown, all part of Big Noon Saturday on Fox and the Fox Sports app.